everyone. Welcome to the second episode of The Final Say. Um, the reason I wasn't able to record yesterday is because I had a long day of landscaping. It didn't really feel up to recording, but here we are today with my brother, um, Andrew, and one of my closest friends, Cal. How are you guys doing today? Not bad, and yourself? Chilling. Trying to talk you know, some sports. You know, it's, it's great to be here today. You know, just finished a three-mile jog, and uh, it, was, it was pretty rough, pretty rough. Now I'm glad to be here on this podcast, my first uh, first attempt at it ever. Yeah, you, you came in the house pretty gassed. Uh, I thought you were going to, yeah, like, drop was, dead on the floor. Yeah, I was, I was gassed for, for some air. It's pretty bad. See, Cal's in shape, so that just doesn't happen to him. Oh, it happens to me. I I leak when I'm running. I'm sweating balls. <laughs> um, so I thought we would start off with um the NFL draft, even though it happened what like a week or so now. It was a little bit away, but um, I only watched like the first two rounds because after that I just don't give a frick. You guys are probably the same with that, but. Um, I guess my initial thoughts were that I thought the Patriots made some pretty good picks if we're talking about as a Patriots fan. Um, they drafted that Division two safety from, like, this no-name school. It's, like, Lee Rain or something. I don't, know, I don't know how to pronounce it. But, like, I was looking at his combine results, and he had a 42-inch vertical, and he had the second-best um, broad jump for safeties, and he ran under a 4.5 for his 40. So I guess the Patriots saw something in him where they liked his what he brought to the table, and I I think they made a pretty good draft pick in selecting him. But like obviously playing Division two college football and transitioning over to the NFL level is going to be different. I don't know what you guys thought about that. Yeah, I think we'll find out once uh, he starts playing because I I honestly don't trust the pick, but I trust Bill, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I feel like Bill's kind of notorious for like overthinking players in the system, being like, "Oh, I can just pull this random bum and make him nasty." I mean, he's done it before, but like, I was listening to some things the other day, and they were talking about his like good picks compared to like the picks that they hype up, and they end up being absolutely nothing. And for the most part, he like breaks even, but at the same time, like your number in the draft necessarily doesn't really say anything about how good you'll do in the NFL because there's usually a lot of busts. Like you can be first round, second pick, first round, first pick or whatever. You can just be nothing in the league for your whole career. Whereas you can just be a perfect story like Brady and Edelman and pick people in the deeper, deeper rounds and they can have a way better career than the people in the first round. So it's just, kind of unpredictable so I think it was a good pick but yeah and they also drafted um two tight ends um I know one of them is like apparently who kind of like flew under the radar but they think he could be one of the best tight ends in the draft which was the UCLA tight end his name is Devin Asiasi uh I don't really know a whole lot about him I just know like apparently Bill liked how he was just really great in the blocking uh, aspect of the game with a lot of tight ends maybe aren't so great at blocking and running routes, but he seems like he do it all. 
But going off of what Andrew said about how the Patriots picks aren't always like, you know, the greatest because Bill did luck out with drafting Brady and like the the sixth round, 199th pick. So everyone knows him for being like, oh, he can he drafts great players. He sees things that nobody else does. But like, he's honestly have made some like pretty bad picks over the years, and they haven't always like fallen through. So I agree with that. Yeah, I just think he's overrated for his the way he picks players. And the only reason why people think he's so good at it is just because of the amount of rings he has. But and only because really of like the Brady pick. Other than that, I think he's kind of like any other coach for the most part. Yeah, I think the draft was pretty fundamental for us. We just got positions that we needed, nothing special. I mean, clearly we Bill thinks that we didn't need to draft a quarterback, even though I heard that they picked up a couple undrafted player quarterbacks. Probably are going to use Stidham as their as their guy for the most part, but he just lacks experience. So maybe you'll see flashes of Hoyer, and uh, oh, and there's some other rumors about other quarterbacks coming there, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's been rumors of Andy Dalt coming to town, but. <laughs> With the bum, the, the with the bum bangles, but after they released him, I mean, he's the last guy I want. <clears throat> why? Why do you say that? I mean, he's already thirty-two. He kind of—he's not notorious for winning. I mean, he didn't really have a team to do that with, but I, I think I'd prefer Cam Newton. Yeah, but they didn't they show zero interest in Cam Newton. I don't know. I heard they were in the process of talking to him, but never really went anywhere. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just think of like the whole persona of Cam Newton. I just don't think he fits the Patriots in any way because he's like this cocky, like do it all kind of guy and like doesn't really fit the Patriots way. But like you kind of look at Dalton, who's a guy who was never, who had weapons at Cincinnati, but they were never really a successful team. And he's never really tasted what success is like. And you bring him to a franchise that's had success for a number of years and with Bill coaching him I think like he's obviously not gonna be an amazing quarterback but like he'd be a better product in New England than I think in Cincinnati at least but yeah because Bill likes unathletic white guys so he kind of perfectly fits <laughs> I mean Dalton's kind of athletic he can move when he wants but then he yeah but like fat pick six if you if you look at, like, the weapons that he's had throughout his career, he had Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, and Boyd. Those are the only ones I remember. Shout out to Cinco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, like, when you when they had the weapons like that, he did kind of, like, make them kind of productive. Like, I remember, like, A.J. Green was probably one of the top fantasy players that somebody wanted. Tyler Eifert was doing pretty good. And Boyd was actually doing really good this past NFL season. So, I feel like he can, like, use his weapons, like, decently. But just the, the way, like, their system played, and I feel like they had a really, really bad, like, defense. And I just feel like when you know that your team is trash – it's hard for you to go out there and play amazing. <laughs> like, I, I would feel so deflated. Yeah, I just watched one of Andy Dalton's pregame hype-up speech. And they, <laughs> and they said, like, so bad. Like, he's like, playmakers. And they're like, playmakers. 
like run out there like ready to already get their asses handed to them. So I'm yeah, like, he's just not, not a leader. No. Yeah. You, I think he would be a good just a bridge quarterback for like a year. Well, I'd rather have Cam Newton and have Belichick train him to stay in the pocket and throw the ball because he could be so good. He's still young too. He's not like. Yeah. Like he has so much potential. I was hearing like uh, McDaniel's would kind of love to have a quarterback like Cam Newton because you can literally do whatever you want with him. Like I feel like he was so restricted with Brady because Brady was just literally a giraffe running and he couldn't like do anything like athletically at all. So I feel like if he had Cam Newton, the amount of plays that they would run and like the trickery would be kind of crazy to see. That's why I would want Cam Newton over Andy Dolan. But just based off like the pass and like who would fit better in our system the way it is right now, it'd probably be Andy Dolan. Yeah, but like like you said with Cam Newton, it would actually allow us to have creativity in our offense and not be limited by Brady's slow ass who just can't like the moment Brady gets out of the pocket, you know he's just throwing it out of bounds or he's getting sacked. Like he's not making any play outside the pocket. But Cam Newton's like a six five, like basically like running back coming at you who's super hard to tackle. Yeah, but he's injured he's constantly. Yeah. I mean, I, I apparently he's fine now, but obviously an injury, injuries are a concern. Yeah, I don't know. I just think Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels working with either of them would be fine, but I'd prefer Newton. I mean, if you're willing to take a risk on one or the other, obviously I do Cam Newton because of his athleticism. And it's like if you're in a lose-lose situation or you're just trying to, like, make a spot for a quarterback so that you can develop Stidham or whatever their plan is, then I would obviously take Cam Newton on, like, maybe, like, a one-year, like, $15 million deal or something. Like, I don't know. And that, that might be too much, but – because he's not going to get his value that he thinks he's worth, like, his really good season he had with the Panthers a couple years back. Especially not from us. No. So, I kind of wanted to move on to talking about the NFL season as a whole because there's been rumors about – possibly not having an NFL season, but obviously that affects, like, the entire NFL's bottom line, like, economically. So, like, obviously they're going to try to put something together to have games, but apparently people are talking about – one things I've heard is that, like, they're going to select, like, a specific location and then just play, like, 12 to 14 games, say, like, in Vegas or, like, Orlando or something. Like, I don't know, wherever they would have, like, a stadium there. And then teams would just end up playing those games out there. Um, I guess the NBA kind of talked about that as well, having like a specific location where teams would play, but also having um, an, a good amount of games where obviously teams are still gaining revenue and then the games would still be televised and stuff, but there wouldn't be any fan. I don't know. That's kind of just what I've been hearing. I don't know if you guys have heard anything. I was listening to part just... of my take the other day. And uh, they were talking about how the NFL will set the tone for all the rest of the leagues, like, because the NFL cares the least about their players usually. So if they go with the I don't give a fuck motto and have the games and have the season just because they can, then everybody else will probably fall right behind them. Yeah. I just don't get how this is profitable for the owners. Because if it's in, like, a different stadium and, like, you're Robert Kraft and, like, your team is playing in a different stadium, how does he make money – from the stadium if it's someone somebody else owns it like i just don't get it like why would an owner want to do that that's the thing that's why they don't want to do that like they're gonna be losing a ton of money and like 
if they already have employees in a certain state, the employees that work for like Gillette Stadium, they're not going to travel all the way to the game where the Pats are going if it's considered a home game, even though it's not. And it just like it's just all about profit, and they're going to be losing a ton of money if they do it that way. I mean, it would probably be good for the fans, but it would be awful for like the owners. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the problem. Like, there's a lot of unknowns. They don't know what they're going to do. But it's hard to think that they would just completely erase having an NFL season. Like, they, I feel like they somehow have to piece things together because that's so much money that's being left on the table. It's insane. Well, apparently there's a new vaccine coming out pretty soon, so hopefully that starts to work and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I just want it to be done. I know that there's, like, some organizations, like in other sports, that – they're saying like if they can't make a profit or like something like this happens where they're, they're playing without no fans like their organization actually can't run and they'd probably sink like the smaller teams or like the weaker teams in like baseball or like some teams that barely have crowds in the NBA or like some teams that barely have crowds in the NFL if they lose like their fans I'm pretty sure they're just their owner would shut every their whole team down because they couldn't even make enough money to run it. Yeah, it all comes down to finances. I, don't know, I think they'll figure something out with the owners, the players, the staff. <laughs> Honestly, I liked how they the the virtual draft that they did was like that virtual NFL draft went pretty smoothly. And if they act, if they had like to broadcast games, Troy Aikman and Tony Romo, whoever they need on the on the crew to broadcast, they could easily do that. So I don't think that would be an issue. And then you could also do, like, a virtual fan base type thing where, you know, how in the draft they were had, like, <laughs> they showed, like, they were bringing fans in on this, like, screen, but then they showed the Chargers and they had, like, they couldn't even fill the entire screen. I don't know if you saw that. I think that was my least favorite part about the draft was Goodell <laughs> trying to talk with the fans that don't even know he's talking to them. They're just booing him the whole time. Yeah, it was fake boos. They recorded yeah. it, and I think they put it on it just behind him, and he was just pretending to talk to them. You know, some of the screens weren't even filled. Like, you couldn't even get, like, 15 or 20 organized fans on a screen. Yeah, because they have no fan base. Bad. Well, they have enough fans. They just I – I just think it was kind of – they can make that draft so much better than it was. Yeah, like, they just put on a little TV. Like, what's that going to do? I don't know. I thought it went pretty well. It wasn't really yeah, like wasn't... any, like, technical issues. No, I didn't mind, like, the actual draft part. Just, like, the minor things. Like, the fan thing I thought was kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah, that was my <laughs> least favorite part. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny how Goodell went from, like, standing up and into it to literally just, like, sitting relaxed back in his chair, like, not even giving a shit about what he says. I saw this meme now, like, when Goodell's edible hits in, and he just <laughs> for the rest of the draft. Goodell is high as shit. He's just sitting there. I, I mean, I think they can keep doing the draft like that for years to come if they just make the first round, first or second round, like, live, maybe, and just do the rest virtual. Yeah. Because, like, no one's sitting around, like, only a select number of players are in the draft room when they're getting selected. Exactly. It's so pointless for part of it. And nobody even wants – like, people, my interest is maintained up to, like, maybe the fourth round. Maybe. And then after that no, – Not like, even. No, yeah, not yeah. even. <laughs> like, maybe – like, first, the first, second, and third round is, like, okay, these, player, these players are likely to be starters in the NFL and they're going to be good players. But after that, it's kind of like a toss-up. Um, I kind of want to talk about the NBA season, even though there's barely anything going on, but there's been talk of them trying to resume the season at some point this year. 
Um, there's been talks of them beginning like late July and then playing the, I don't know. There's been things of like possibly trying to do like a one game elimination for playoffs, but then people are saying how stupid that is because think about like the teams that would somehow make it to the finals. It'd be like the Rockets would beat like every team once somehow. And then they would like win the championship and think about all the, the money they're losing out on because they get money for each game, like the networks. If they play one game and that's it and you just fly through series like that, then the NBA and ESPN is losing so much money that they could be making. There's that. And they're also talking about like a possible like five game first round series in the future instead of doing a seven game because it drags out. I mean, I, I don't like the idea of doing any season that's not the same as an original because teams prepare the whole season just for the playoffs. Like you can't just throw them into the playoffs now and expect them to play the same as they would in the regular season. And any team that would win the championship in a, in a season that's not the same as the regular, I feel like they wouldn't feel as if they actually won the championship. Yeah. There was talk about them doing like warm up games because they obviously haven't been playing at an NBA level for a month. And then another thing, like teams that are completely out of the playoff race, they have like no incentive in wanting to play. What are they going to play? Like, five games because the season's almost over they're gonna play like a few games and then that's it something to think about yeah it just sucks for the teams are like on a roll like like, if i was lebron or if i was like the bucks i'd be so pissed because they're doing really well and like you can also be annoyed as a celtics fan because tatum was literally coming to his own started playing like an actual like top five player like he he was playing unbelievable and then our team was coming together and stuff and they're winning games and it, like, halts, like, development and, like, a ton of teams, too. And it halts, like, like the older teams. It's just, like, unpredictable of who you think could win because I can see a complete team coming out of the blue destroying the top teams that were doing really well in the late end of the season. Yeah, I know, that like, LeBron put on social media that he really wants the season to resume and he wants to be back playing basketball, which I'm sure many NBA players feel the same way because – Everyone's kind of just sick of sitting around. But apparently they might be opening, like, NBA practice facilities sometime soon. But I don't see them resuming play for another few months. Like, I think it would probably be, like, end of July if if they even consider that. Yeah, everything right now is just ideas floating around, and nobody really knows what's going to happen. I mean, I was hearing stuff about how they're going to start the next season, like, in December instead of – their normal dates so they're pushing it back a couple months and people are just being like uh, having the first games of the season on Christmas day would be like the best thing ever yeah I did hear about that but you're talking about for next season right because they still have to finish yeah, next season. season yeah 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 because they I said nobody really tunes in nobody really tunes in until around Christmas time anyways like the casual NBA fan yeah, it's all kind of just a shit show right now with, like, literally every single sport. And I feel like until a sport makes, like, a huge decision or, like, a huge move on, like, doing something that's kind of, like, frowned upon with, with like, this disease stuff, then, like, other teams will make moves. Because um, I was hearing that, like, the NBA is making all of these moves and they're saying, like, basically whatever the NBA does, the NHL is going to do or, like, whatever this – organization does they're gonna follow like they're probably just waiting for somebody to actually make a ballsy move and see how it pays off yeah and if you think about think about this if say one player 
on like a 53-man roster in the NFL contracts the virus, then it's like everything gets shut down and then all the players are screwed. So it's like, even if they take that, that risk of trying to start a season, NBA or NFL, it's like the chances of somebody not getting it are slim to none. <laughs> like somebody's going to end up getting it somehow. I feel like the only way to do it is to have, a, when we have a vaccine, then you just give it to everybody on on the team and part of the team and all the facilities and everything. And just that's the only way it will work. No, I think if like it was possible for them to test everybody before they even like get into whatever building they're playing at, and if they all test negative, then they're not allowed to leave. And if you just have a bunch of negative people in one building and they aren't allowed to leave, then how could they get it? Like, no one in, no one out. But obviously that's way more difficult to do. So easier said than done. So let's talk about the MJ documentary, The Last Dance. Uh, episode three and four came out earlier this week. And then episode five and six will be coming out tomorrow, I believe. I just finished watching the third and fourth episode today. I watched all four today. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I thought you watched it. <laughs> I, I really like it so far. Like, the way that they're they're kind of using the, the whole timeline strategy of, of going up to, like, the 97, 98 final run where they had the exclusive footage where they were able to go into locker rooms and stuff. Um, and then going back to where, you know, MJ's childhood and then where he got drafted, showing all those great moments in his career, I really like. So I'm looking forward to the next six episodes in the documentary. Yeah, it was, it was a good watch. And MJ's is so nasty. Like, I wish I, I was alive to, like, watch him play. But for the most part, we probably would just see his highlights. Like, we actually never got to watch, like, just every single minute of a game. So he literally seems like a god on this documentary, but he probably was anyway, even without watching his highlights. It just makes me, like, think that how much better he is, like, for his time than I feel like LeBron is for his time, even though, like, LeBron is really, really good too. But just the fact that he went, like, six for six, that is, like, so insane in sports. It just You can't even, like, comprehend it. I just like to see the struggles behind the screen, like what we don't see when we're watching the highlights and watching all the games over and over again. We see, like, the struggles with Rodman and Pippen and the whole team and the owners and all that. And we get to see how much of a douchebag Isaiah Thomas is and all that stuff. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> MJ still hates his gut. You can see him get salty. Yeah. I just – my favorite episodes, honestly, I think were the Rodman episodes. Just the stuff that he, yeah, Just the stuff that he was doing. And, like, imagine just taking a two-day vacation there in the middle of the season just to do benders in Vegas. And, like... That dude was... He was slugging <laughs> a Miller Lite on a Harley just driving around yeah. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he was still really good. Like, he could, like, not work out. And, like, he'll... And he'll still be in the same exact shape that he was. And they were just saying how he was, like, a freak. Because they were talking about, like, in practice, they were doing the, like, Indian run where, you're like, the person in the back has to get in front of the person in the front and stuff. And, like, Jordan was talking about how they were just going to take it easy and just do a light jog. And then all of a sudden, Dennis Rodman was just sprinting around the track. And he, it took him, like, four laps to get in front of him. 
him again. And that was, like, literally right after they woke him up out of his apartment. Like, after he was came back from Vegas at, like, 8 in the morning, he was in his pajamas. It was hilarious. Well, the, the reason Jordan didn't want to actually try hard is because it was Rodman's punishment. That's why they were doing it. Yeah. And so he was just like, all right, fuck this. We're not going to run for him. And then he came out sprinting just for his punishment, and they had to follow along. Yeah. The classic, if one of you fuck up, you all run. Great coaching strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah another thing that was insane was uh when they were playing the 86 celtics and that's with kevin McHale, larry bird and Paris, and like it was like game two i think yeah it was the first round i'm pretty sure but he was playing golf with danny ainge like all day the day before and then just dropped a playoff all-time high of 63 points like the guy yeah, just he got screws off golf. and then he's just insane when he steps on the court it doesn't matter what he did the day before yeah, Danny Ainge dusted him in golf, and he got pissed, so then he went off and dropped, like, 80. No one wanted to guard him either. Like, they kept switching on him, and people were getting pissed when they had to guard Jordan. They're like, ah, I don't want to guard this guy. <laughs> like when Bill Walton got got yelled, yelled at Ainge because he got switched yeah. on to Jordan. Everyone hated Danny Ainge. They just, like, beat the shit out of him. I swear they got, like, everyone just thought he had, like, a punchable face. He was, like, this short white guy that, like, he played pro baseball, too. Like, this guy was an athlete. But people just had beef with him all the time. Well, Angel's like a Marchand of them. Like, he was like Brad Marchand, the small guy that was annoying. Tough and, yeah, he just gets on everybody's nerves. You yeah. know, I hate Bill Lambeer. Something about him pisses me off. Like, I hate that whole team. <laughs> yeah, that's, they're such douches. Like, Bill Lamb's just like, like a seven foot, like, unathletic fuck who literally, like, just would just wallop people like w- wasn't even good at basketball. I swear to God. He was he good for just packing people. Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> and, the plan was. That's why. Yeah, that's why they had. Him. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it must have been rough playing the Pistons because they were oh. just re- like ready to take your head off. That's all they did. Yeah, it was terrible. I don't, a lot of guys nowadays wouldn't be able to handle that. I mean, MJ yeah, they... really could. So I had to work out. He didn't work out before then, which is insane. <laughs> Now that I realize it, in a way, because the Pistons played like that, I feel like that was literally the catalyst to how, like, uh, Phil Jackson changed the way that the Bulls played. Like, because before, they would just hand the ball to Michael Jordan. They would just make him try and score everything. and He would just drive and get hacked. And, like, they would end up losing. And then Phil came along. And he was like, you know what? We're not going to just give the ball to you every time. He's like, you got to use your teammates. And, like, when he started using his teammates, that's when they beat the Pistons. And then that's when they didn't shake their hands. And then, then they kept going on a roll and a roll and a roll and went six for six. So, basically, if they never played like that, then who knows what would have happened. Because the whole system was based off just to beat the Pistons. Because they knew they could easily get into the playoffs. They're like, all right, our number one challenge is literally just to beat the Pistons. And if we change our system this way, then we'll beat them, and it worked out. The same also – yeah, you said their one goal is to beat the Pistons. It's almost like how the Warriors and Cavs just battled year to year. Yeah. The Cavs' only goal is to beat the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like, you knew, like, you were still good, that you could get to that point. You knew you were going to face that team. So, like, obviously you're going to train and do whatever you uh, can to get a leg up on them. Like, Jordan was trying to get yoked because he was just getting smacked around in there, and he was – He's getting sick and tired of it, so he put on, like, 15, 20 pounds. I know, like, I never saw a dumbbell in his life until yeah. the Pistons beat, like, rocked him. I wouldn't say like that. Like, they obviously <laughs> worked out and did basketball workouts. Like, he just didn't. Yeah, but not, 
feel the need to back put on then, that weight. Didn't really so. in that time. Back then, they didn't really intensely work out, though, I feel. It's like now they just they know so much about, like, the body and how to, you know, gain strength in the best way and optimize, like, what they're doing. But back then, they probably were just like, oh, I'm just focusing on my skill set and, like, basketball. And, I mean, some guys were definitely working out, but, like, the centers and stuff probably. But MJ's position, probably not as much. No, if, if MJ played today's age, he'd look like Zion. Yeah, he'd be jacked if he played now. <laughs> just, now everybody's just so filthy, though. Like, it's so hard, like, to pick players apart. Because, like, even in the drafts, like, you don't know who's going to be filthy and who's not because all the players are filthy yeah. from out of college. Yeah, imagine being, imagine being Portland that drafted uh, Sam Bowie before MJ. And you just literally hate your, <laughs> yeah. yourself for the rest of your life. No, if, if you look at it, they literally would draft centers like way before any of the like skill players because that's how it was back then. Like if you had a nasty center and like a a force, then like you would win your games. Like they were crapping on him for not picking a center. Yeah, it was a center-driven league by far. Yeah, everything. Like, everybody would just post like that That's all they did. Like yeah, zero small ball like it is nowadays. It's just bang down on the post. Yeah, they're like if you're if you're not seven feet and you don't weigh over two hundred fifty pounds, you're nothing. Well, I don't know. Rodman and Bill Russell weren't that big. Yeah, I know. They were just nasty on the board. Rodman couldn't score for shit. He had like five points a game, but would just get yeah, he didn't. So he many rebounds. Yeah. So his rebounding is insane. Like he tips the ball like six times in a row to himself. I'm like, God damn. Well, that guy took pride in it. Like. Like, he trained how to rebound. And one year, I'm pretty sure he led the league in rebounds by, like, five rebounds, and Shaq was the next closest. He had, like, 18, and Shaq was right behind him with, like, 13. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, that 18? guy was the best, re- he was the best rebounder in history. Like, it's not even – like, I don't even think it's close. Andre Drum? Andre Drum has, like, got to be up there. Yeah, I guess. But, like, Robin is, like, what brought – like, he kind of made rebounding cool. Like, that guy made it, like – okay to be a good rebounder yeah and like you see some of the footage of him <laughs> playing defense against like star players back then and he was literally like literally up in their jersey like probably the most annoying player to play against because you you yeah. knew that you were not going to get any easy points against him how can you not be intimidated by him though like he literally has like the weirdest hair and like you know he has piercing and he does like weird shit out of basketball so i'd I'd be, like, petrified trying to play this guy. I'd feel like he'd, like, take out a knife on me, like, while I was trying to back him down. He's called the fuck-up player. Like, you put him in to fuck shit up, and that's what he does. He's the best guy. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> the worm. He's so Throw the worm in there. Really he just looks psycho. He looks like a serial killer. I want to see, like, a whole documentary about him. Like, they can do so many documentaries just based off of these ten, and it's crazy. They probably will make one after this. That's what I'm feeling. There, there's a, a thirty for thirty on Rodman. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've seen like little clips of it. Them showing it. I heard what was supposed to happen is these last dance episodes were supposed to come out in between each day of the NBA Finals, so they'd have a Finals game and then a last dance episode and then another game and then a last dance episode. So like it would have been like one of the best sports weeks in like a long time. That would have been sweet. 
Yeah, it makes you miss sports. God, we literally be in like the best sports time right now. Like NBA playoffs would be deep right now. And NHL. NHL would be in right uh, now. It's just so depressing. Oh. It's so depressing. It's all Bruins would have just won the cup. Yeah, Bruins are doing so nasty. Pasta we'd, was we'd be, be rallying MVP. in the streets right now. We'd be winning the cup. We'd be getting hammy pooed in an attic and like yeah, wherever I'd still be we at are. School. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd be in school. Never mind. I'd be. I was. Yeah, we'd be in Boston getting sloshed with the, like millions of college kids just running outside when they won. It's the best thing ever. Like be rolling up Reds, in Boston. Literally, when the Red Sox won, it was so crazy. We're like flipping cars and like literally ripping trees out. And I've never seen so many cops in one place in my life. Complete anarchy is the best thing ever. And if the Bruins won, it'd be awesome. But that's not gonna happen forever. The Bruins are the best team right now. Yeah, Easily. no, but we're. we're we're old as dirt. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got two more years, though. I said, I like how whenever, like, one Boston team, like, ah, they're shit. And then, like, one team always rises up because, like, they were, like, bad for a while. And then they rise up again. Like, the Red Sox were nasty. And now they're going to be ass. And then now the Celtics are rising up. And now the Pats are going to be ass. And now the Bruins are rising up. Like, there's never, there's never going to be a time where, like, all the teams are, I feel like, are going to be really trash again. Like, there's always going to be I one hate team. hate on the Red Sox. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think Dude, they're not good anymore. Don't throw hate on the Red Sox. They're still going to be above average. Like, our, our outfield is still insane. Like, we lost our best outfielder, but we still have Ben Attendee, Jackie Bradley, Martinez. Like, we're still there. We have Devers, yeah. Bogarts. Like, yeah, still have an all-star Definitely team. still a strong team. Yeah, well, yeah I, guess you could, I guess you could say the Pats, like, we haven't seen yet. So, would you say the Pats are the weakest New England team right now? Yeah. Uh, it's comparable with the Red Sox, though. I mean, if Stid comes out, he's just fucking giving him every every player's dick, and he's just doing nasty. Uh, I don't. I think Stid's gonna have a a learning curve, big time. But probably Stid can be like Garoppolo. Like I feel like the top of his career will be like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, yeah, who knows though? I feel like he's gonna be a, a sneaky runner. Like I just feel like he's gonna be one of those guys where like he he's probably gonna be a pocket passer, but when he has to run, he'll run really well. I can just see that happening. Well, like Romo, maybe? Like, kind of like that kind of guy? Yeah, like, they're not a run first, but when they have to, they're going to pick up, like, 15 yards every time. Run RPOs every play. Well, they just signed his, uh, his white, short, wide receiver from Auburn that they used to work together with. They were on the same team. Classic thing ever. Next Brady and Welker. <laughs> <laughs> I swear Bill could be like the most insane like athletic guy who's black and he's like nah we need the white guy who's just you know who runs like a sub yeah, who runs like a 4-5 and we're like yep we want him on our he'll team he'll see Metcalf he'll see Metcalf at a draft and, and then he'll see like Brady and he'll be like ah I'll pick Brady instead like he doesn't he doesn't care yeah, at Brady's all. cone drill in the, in the combine he's like I need that <laughs> on my team <laughs> oh I think he just noticed his work ethic, like he notices, like guys that will come in on time and do run the plays right. Like he doesn't need the most gifted guys; he just need guys that will do what he tells him. I I'm literally just looking forward to the season so much because we have so many haters. They're like, yes, the Pats are finally garbage, and I'm a Tampa fan now, and I'm gonna root for them because they're gonna be nasty, and the Patriots are gonna win like four games, and I just can't wait to like shit on those people because I think the Patriots are gonna win nine games. That's my prediction. I'd say we don't win less than like seven. Yeah, I'd say seven minimum, but I think ten max. I think the Bills are going to uh, take the division this year. We'll see. No. Hey, We're better. That's kind of good, still. though. 
Kobe yeah, I can, like, maybe. You see Josh Allen like, choke in the first in the wild card. It was so bad. Yeah, yeah I mean, but they're the Bills. Like, yeah, but he's so inexperienced, and like, I feel like after that, he's gonna be better the next time he goes out. And if they choke again, he's gonna be better the next time he goes out. Yeah, but I think yeah. our quarterbacks can be just as good as Josh Allen. Like, he's not. Yeah, who like, knows though? We just don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Josh Allen's only in what is like. I want freaking. I don't want bum-ass Brian Hoyer playing. I'd rather have Stidham play all the games. I'd take any quarterback, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, like any of them. I don't want Hoyer touching the ball. Bringing Brian Hoyer to the grave. Guy's like 60. Guy should retire already. Like, get him out of here. He definitely gives Bill, like, blows in his office to stay on the team. <laughs> well, I just like him because yeah. he's in the system and he knows everything. going to have to edit that out. Can't be talking about blows. What? But oh, now your okay. podcast is going to be ass. We already swore. Who cares? Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> so that's what the fans want. That's what people want. It is. They want blows. Everybody wants blows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, probably what every man wants right now in this quarantine. <laughs> oh. Uh. Anyways. Huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking about the other day, like how like fantasy football is gonna work if the season is shortened in any way or we don't have a season at all like the amount of money that DraftKings and what's the other one's called I forget or yahoo whatever they're gonna lose a ton of money from that they're just gonna their just business is gonna crumble because they they're dependent on the people just wasting their money away on gambling and fantasy sports so see i think no matter what i'm gonna be back-to-back champ whoa yeah I don't know. You got lucky last year when your team. Yeah, you were so lucky. Two hundred every game. Yeah. Oh, lucky. A team doesn't that's drop. That's a team doesn't drop like two hundred three or four games in a row in the playoffs. I don't know. It's good coaching. Good picks. <laughs> More like Derrick Henry freaking carried your team <laughs> so hard. Well, I had Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, like. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I that was like, you guys. You, gave, you did have a good draft, but you guys handed me that team. <laughs> How can you say we had to do that team? There's the people who drafted. Yeah, we need some new people in this league. Yeah. I don't even remember who's in it. Yeah, good. We're going to have a fresh start. It's going to be me, you, and Andrew. Three-man league. Yeah, Kyle Kyle (laughs) sucks. That would be so hard. You have the most stacked team ever, and you don't know who to play. (laughs) We're, like, dropping, like, the most insane wide receivers. (laughs) Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Might have to up the uh, the wager this year instead of fifty bucks. Make it more interesting. Make it a hunch. Make it a thou. But you don't even have a thou. Imagine twelve thousand on the line. Yeah, imagine imagine coming back from our Aruba trip and have to spend a thousand for a year. <laughs> imagine spend two grand on Aruba. Imagine being no a twelve year old and winning a league and taking twelve grand. <laughs> Imagine being Kyle and wearing a uh, fantasy god shirt when he thinks he's good. He he's literally the worst person ever in fantasy of all time. Hey, don't talk bad about Kyle on the podcast. <laughs> I hope he I hope he listens to it and he's I like, asked him to come on today. He he's like, no, nah, I'm hanging with Brooke, so it's on him. Oh, what a simp. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that word till right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I know. Fantasy fantasy won't happen. In less the league, there's nothing really. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious what 2021 is gonna look like. 
or like just like the well, further end of, this year or like the further end of this year because I wonder if they're like a ton of sports are just going to overlap each other and that would be awesome because there would be something to watch. Yeah, my my schoolwork would be like all Fs and I'll just be watching sports. <laughs> you're, you're just saying stuff. You're like, I hate Braid because he's on fans <laughs> now. And you're just like saying all this random stuff. Yeah, if you're a New England fan and you switch to being a Bucks fan, I honestly have no respect for you. Well, I mean, you could support him. Like, you could still like the guy, but don't no, be No, like, you can support him, but if you're like, I'm only watching the Bucks, and uh, I could actually give two shits about the Pats, but you're a Pats fan the whole time, don't never talk to me again. I think you should just throw yourself in a dumpster and shut it. But our dad did. And yeah, you know, I was talking to our dad the other day, and he's like, I- I'm a Tampa fan now. I'm like, what? He's like, temporary okay, Tampa fan. I'm like, you can't He's do like, that. I'm taking high eight. I'm like, you can't take high eight. Like, I'll kill you. I'd, I think I'd buy a Hoyer jersey over a Brady Buccaneers jersey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you ever wear a Bucks jersey and you've been a Pats fan, like, don't talk to me. I get a Jameis Wentz Saints jersey. Flying off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have more respect for that than if you, you bought a Bucks jersey. I don't think Gronk's going to be as productive as he was. Yeah, yeah. It's just awful. They're probably people right. who are gonna listen to this. All all ten people are gonna listen to this and be like, "Who are just Cam and Kyle?" But yeah, don't uh, worry about it. Just know that they're traitors. They're not important. Yeah, they're, they're, pieces they're of losers. garbage. Yeah. yeah, they're just out landscaping and working too hard. <laughs> Start shitting on Cam and Kyle. This is a shit on <laughs> Cam and Kyle podcast. <laughs> I'm put in the description of the podcast and like. We literally just shit on our two friends, Cam and Kyle, the entire time. And we talked about sports. For sports and Cam Kyle. Pretty much. I feel like we've been talking for 10 years now. Might have to, might have to call it a wrap. Yeah, my phone's at 1%, so I think it's going to die. All right. Well, I'm just going to. Thanks for having me. Well, this is the second episode of the Final State Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Devin, alongside Cal and my brother, Andrew. Join us next Friday. Third episode. See you guys.